This is the Wealth Ability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright. Welcome to the Wealth Ability Show for CPAs, where we're always discovering how to build, build better clients, a better practice, and a better life. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of the Wealth Ability Network. And I'm very happy to be here with an, an old, old, a, a good friend of mine, Rick Mariansky, um, to talk about something I think is something that we forget as CPAs. We spend so much time um, coaching and mentoring our clients that sometimes we forget that we need a coach and a mentor. And we sometimes forget about even the benefit that we provide um, when we're mentoring our clients. So I wanted to invite uh, a Rick because Rick's been doing coaching and mentoring in the real estate business for many, many years now. We met uh, many years ago. Uh, we were both teaching for uh, a real estate uh, education company. And, um, and so, you know, I've been in Rick's classes, Rick's been in my classes. And so Rick, it's, it's just great to have you on. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank so, you. Rick, if you would, and I know you've got a lot of experience. Give us a, a, just a short uh, background of, you know, what, you know, what you've done over your career and, um, you know, the, the type of coaching and mentoring you've done in your career. Uh, okay. Let's see. I've been doing this for 60 years. My, my education is in urban planning, so I started out as a uh, uh, planner for Beverly Hills. Well, I mean, when you're talking about coaching and mentoring, you have people coming in there all the time wanting information on what they can do and how they could do it and so forth. So that's kind of, it's, it starts there with helping those people achieve whatever they're trying to do. After that, I went to Orlando when Disney started and became a private planner and was working with investors and developers trying to do the same thing figure out what's this the best thing they can do in in the terms of the real estate that they're investing in uh, i started a contracting company myself and i had that for 27 years so i was on the other end of the spectrum now now i'm now i'm actually doing contracting all over the u.s and the caribbean so that was a whole different skill set about working with contractors and investors and bankers and so forth but the one-on-one the one -on -one and working with people definitely is, is, is such an important ingredient in, in doing business. From then, I became an international stockbroker, a whole different skill set again. Now we're talking about stocks all over the world. But in dealing with the clients, the clients are asking for advice is to help me understand what would be the smart thing to be doing here so there's that rapport that's established first in helping them along before you get into the analysis of that particular stocks and so forth. From then, as Tom said, I got into the seminar business and I was in that for 20 years, creating classes in different things in terms of finance and development and, and marketing and so forth, and uh, actually coaching people one-on-one -on -one being with them to figure out what they're trying to do and move forward. So there, it it's always helps to have somebody that you can turn to for advice that has experience in a certain field to keep you on kind of on top and abreast of what's going on in, in the current times. 
And that's kind of what I'm trying to do myself. Now I'm doing consulting individually with people. And, you know, you have to understand what's going on in your market and what's going on with you. And the, the CPAs are, are so ingrained in understanding the numbers of the tax situation. They kind of lose sight about what's going on out there that I can learn that would help my customers. Or my yeah, clients. So, 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 if you would, first of all, is do you distinguish between coaching and mentoring? Well, you know, I used to, but then, you know, different people use the words kind of interactively. I mean, it's it's somebody that's sitting there that can help you answer your questions on how to move forward. Whether you want to call that like in athletics, you know, they call it a coach and. In different businesses, the, it's somebody, a mentor is somebody that's already had the, I mean, I'm the classic mentor. I'm 76 years old, so <laughs> how much of this stuff have I done? I, 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 I think I've done it. So I've become one just by accident. So, you know, you, you talk to me, it's like the guru, you know, yeah. what's going on. So in different kinds of industries. So, so what do you think? So, well, it's from drawing experience in people that I've been with. Yeah. So one of the, one of the challenges I think that uh, I encounter with clients is that uh, they're asking the wrong question. Do you ever find that uh, part of what you're doing is really putting uh, what they're asking in perspective um, of really kind of looking at a bigger picture? There's so much information out there with the internet in books and webinars and people actually are almost petrified because they don't know what to do. You know, why should they listen to Tom? Why should they listen to Rick? Well, I have the credentials to back up what I've been doing. Do other people have that information? Some of them do, but a lot of them don't. They, they just kind of, off the cuff, you should do this and you should, my neighbor did this and I, sh just because your neighbor did it doesn't mean it's the smartest thing for you to be doing, right? In, in terms of the direction you should be going in. So if, if, you're, if you're a CPA and counseling people in taxes, I would guess that at some point they might ask you, what do you think about this? What, what if I invested in this company? What if I bought out of the country? What if I Okay, what's your, what's your breadth of knowledge to answer that question? Well, it's kind of like, well, ask the realtor, ask the bank. I, I think they want a little bit more than that, you know? Yeah, I think that's a good point. I, I think that sometimes uh, one of the challenges with, uh, the, that we have as a profession is that we are generalists. Right. I mean, we are specialists in the tax area, but we are generalists. And sometimes I think we forget um, that there's a lot we don't know and that there are other people that we might ought to refer uh, people to. Um, and so I, I totally agree with that. Let's look at I, I'd like to kind of explore a little bit, Rick, because you've been doing mentoring and coaching for so long. Um, what is it? What, what are the mistakes you see? Because you've worked with a lot of other mentors and coaches. What, do you st what mistakes do you see other mentors and coaches making when they're working with a client? I think the biggest number one mistake, I've, I've done 10 videos that you can look at, but the mistakes of investing in whatever it is. The biggest mistake is for me to tell you what you should be doing. 
I need to get information that. from you first. I need to understand all about you. I, I need to understand why you're doing it. So, and then I'm looking at you to tell me why you're doing it. You're saying I'm going to do this because of this. And I go, what made you make that decision? Boy, that's, a, that's startling because you're going, well, well, why are you asking me that? That's what I want to do. But is that the best thing for you? That's what I try to help people in determining what is the best thing for you. Not what you want to do, not what your neighbor said or what you read or something or what class you took. Is that the best financial decision for you to be making? Whoa, you know, that's you, a big difference. It, it, it is. Big... And you make a good point, Rick, is that, and I find this a lot, is that you know, we need to be asking, really probing with the clients. And I, I can tell that you're spending a lot of time asking questions. Um, we, actually, we, we actually, we, we, no, that's, that's what you do as a coach and mentor, right? Is you ask questions. We actually, uh, uh, we're doing a, a class um, uh, this actually next month uh, for CPAs called the CPA Revolution Masterclass. Uh, and I'm, I'm just gonna say it's October 19th through 21st if anybody's interested. Um, but, but in this class, one of the things we'll do is we will play uh, the question game, which I'm sure you've, you've played before, um, where you, know, you, you, you put two people against each other and they have to keep asking questions and the first one to give an answer loses, right? And, and what happens is, is that we're so used to, I, I love what you said here, Rick, we're so used to giving advice and, and giving the answers that sometimes we forget to ask the questions. That's one of the things that frustrates people. They go, you know, I'm paying you a lot of money. Are you ever going to tell me what to do? I go, not really. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to get enough information from you where you're going to make your own decision and understand why you are doing it. Well, you know, our, our uh, mutual friend, Robert Kiyosaki, he, uh, he, um, he ex explained to me once that the word education comes from the Latin word educe. And educe doesn't mean shove in. It means pull out. And so, <laughs> and it does, literally. Educe means to pull out of people. And so true education really comes from pulling it out of them. They, they already know the answer. They just don't know the question. Do you find that that's, that's the biggest issue, a big issue you run into? I, to me, that, that is what you just said there is just so, so important. Like I said, I have so many clients that are saying, we've spent weeks and you haven't told me what to do yet. And I go, well, it, it, as you notice, you're getting an aha moment every time we, ha every time we talk about it, right? Oh, well, I thought I should have done this. Now I'm understanding maybe, it, maybe that's not the best thing to be doing. Maybe this, maybe. So eventually, I'm coming up with some kind of a framework to help them understand what's their best financial goal in the future, where to put their money and where to invest. And, and then is it going to make money in the kind they want when they want it? Wow, that's, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah, so I, I, I find it to be more of a discovery process than anything else where we're discovering... Man. We're helping the, the client discover what it is they want to do because not everybody 
should be doing, frankly, not everybody should be doing real estate or not everybody should be doing the business that they're in. And so helping them discover what they, what, you know, what they truly love, what they truly want to do and what they're going to be successful at. To me, I think that's a big part of what we do as, as uh, coaches, mentors, consultants, whatever you want to call us. It's huge. To me, that's huge. A lot of people go, well, look, the reason I'm talking to you, I want to invest in real estate after being with them a, a, a while ago, Forget that. I think you should invest in the business that you have and build that. That would be a better solution to get to the financial goal that you're looking at. Don't go over there and try something new. What about building what you already have right here and you have the skill set to do it? Oh, I never thought of that. You know, well, because I wanted to do this. That's a good point. You, you bring up this idea that um, one of the things I found useful in a coach and a mentor is helping me stay focused. Okay. Because people get, I, I find, you know, we get so scattered. There's so many opportunities. You talk about the internet and all the different information out there. How do you, how do you help somebody? Um, Cause you do this on, I, I know you do this and you don't pull punches. You're like me. You don't pull punches with clients. Um, when, how do you, how do you help them stay focused? And, and why is that so important? I, I, I call it, out of one of the 20 uh, videos I did, one of them is follow the shiny object. A lot of people are into the shiny object. Ooh, look, this is, look, this case is shining over there. Let's do some of those. What about that? That's too dull over there. Wait a minute. Show me the shining object, how that's going to make money for you or how that's going to fit into your plan. Remember your plan that you're going after? You're going after wealth. And you're showing me a shiny object here that goes after income. That's not in your financial plan. Forget it, right? Or the other guy that's chasing that because it's wealth, when we already agree that the best suitable thing for him to be doing is income. So people love to, you know, it's, the, it's like the stock du jour and stock market. What are we investing in today? Well, wait a minute. What, what kind of plan is that when you're investing in, jumping all around doing different things. It's not, right? So I believe a term investment plan for whoever you're working with. And in, in terms of the accountant, like you said, his, his, the people that he's working with are going to want to do this and want to do that. What about that? What about that? What about that? Well, wait a minute. There's a lot of nuances that have to be discussed in terms of trying this new idea. I look at everything, I analyze everything, whatever I'm doing over a one, five and 10 year basis. It could be a great deal for the first year, but it could be lousy over the long term, mm -hmm. or it could be the other way around. It's lousy today, so I'm not gonna do it. Well, wait a second, over the long term, you're making a 30% annual return, that would be excellent, right? The, and another misnomer is, it's making me 20% and I'm happy. Well, what's the net? What? The net. We got to pay the accountants. We have to pay the realtors. We have to pay the closing costs. We have to pay uncle. Don't forget about uncle. What's left after all that's done? 2%. It's not even worth getting out of bed for that. You know? So a lot of people, chase, they chase things. I'm going to go over here and do this. And I'm gonna, because they said, and, and it looks like, and, and then performer goes out here. And, oh, wait a second. Wait a minute. Just yeah. slow down. This is a, 
Investing, I've said it, is a slow man thinker's business. It's not a make it. That's how you make mistakes. Right. Exactly. So, um, so you, you, you <laughs> we, we, we get them. We get them a little focused. How do you hold them accountable to that focus? How do you how do you make how do you keep them on track and and not? Um, uh, oh my heavens! I mean, I had a client really just the other day, and just the other day asked me about. We we spent literally um, six months uh, coming up with this uh, what was absolutely a terrific focus plan, and then they start asking me about a completely different investment. I'm going whoa 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 whoa. Okay, so you know I know uh, you don't. You, I'm sure you don't pull punches with clients. So how do you actually hold them accountable? How do I hold them accountable? That's well. That's what that's what makes them irritated about me. <laughs> is I go, well, prove it. Prove that this new idea of yours is better than the one you already have. Oh, well, that's going to take me some time. Yeah. But at the end of the analysis, you're going to know whether this new shiny object of yours is just as good as the plan that you've already worked on with somebody for six months. Right? Don't jump, you know, without understanding how this is truly going to work. Another big ingredient that I've learned over and over and over in terms of other people mentoring and coaches, everything depends on the market. And I mean the micro market, not what, you know, I'm from Los Angeles. So what's going on in Los Angeles? I don't know. Every different, there's different areas of Los Angeles. So what area are you, you in? What zip code? Whatever it is, right? The market controls what's going to happen in that area. Not you, because you want to, or the realtor said it, or your friend said it, or the accountant said it'd be a good idea to invest there. No, you, you have to understand the market. In, in terms of stock, there's things called leading economic indicators that makes, make stocks perform, go up in value, gross domestic product, and so forth. There's also indicators that make real estate go up in value and real estate create income and things you should stay away from, in my opinion, bad school districts, crime. You can go into those areas, just be, just be aware of your risk tolerance, which is a word that a lot of people go, well, I'm willing to risk. I remember when I was a broker, we, we didn't really want to tell what the customers, what that meant, because risk tolerance is how much money can you afford to lose? Right. <laughs> So investing, we use money, not lose. You need to understand how much money you're willing to lose if you go into this venture. Make sense? Absolutely. So think about, think about if you would, um, think about, okay, you're, you're, you're trying to bring them back. You're trying to bring them back to reality. You're trying to bring them back. Um, how do you do that? How do you actually bring them back to staying focused on, okay, look, you said you were going to do this. How, how, do you, how do you make sure they do that? I go through a lot of numbers in terms of, okay, let's, let's analyze what your idea is that we spent months on and how does that perform? Okay, now your new idea, how is that going to perform with this, new, this other idea that we already have? There's always going to be a difference in how the numbers work. There's going to be different income growth, tax benefits, long-term, short-term. There is. Then you have to look at both of those models and go, okay, which one do I want? If, if, if you, those of you that are involved in mergers and acquisitions, 
you know the purpose of mergers and acquisitions is to create a higher yield for that merger. If the, if the two companies merge and the return on equity is not any bigger, there's no reason to be up. merging. What would be the point? It's the same in any investment, whether we're one person buying the first thing. The whole idea is to optimize the yield on the money that we're making. So should I do this one? Well, let me do this one. What's the yield over here and what's the yield over here? Yeah. And what are the pieces? I mean, there's income growth, tax, and, and so forth. But if, if we do a common denominator of a 10-year analysis, the numbers are going to be different. And then that person has to say, okay, I can see where this one's more beneficial to me. So, but, so I, I, but the that, that, go ahead. that's perfect. Basically, what I'm hearing you say is when you're comparing those yields, you're basically running the numbers. Just run the numbers. I was doing a uh, webinar last night and uh, for our, our customers and clients. And, uh, you know, they're asking me questions about the net operating loss carryback, for example, or, or they're asking me a question, do I tend to do a 1031 exchange or do I do I take, you know, sell it? recognize the gain and take bonus depreciation on the new property. I'm going, it's really easy. It's all in the numbers. Just run the numbers, compare the numbers. And I love that because when you think about, you think about the word accountable, accountable is accounting, which means it's all about the numbers. And I think that's where, um, you know, CPA, sometimes uh, I find CPAs a little bit they get concerned about should I be doing consulting? Should I be, you know, should I be mentoring and, and, and coaching these people? And I'm going, who else is better to do that than somebody who actually knows the numbers and knows how to run the numbers? So I think that's a, a really good point that you make, Rick, is that, look, you've got an opportunity here to hold people accountable. And, uh, but let me, let me, let me ask one last question. So I got one last question for you. And that is uh, because this comes up with CPAs. You said, uh, you mentioned earlier, well, you know, I've been with you for all this time and you're not giving me the answer. How do you get past um, this idea that they might not like me and they might leave me if I tell them that they're wrong and that they need to do something differently? I know how I do it. How do you do that? I just said, look, at what we're going to do is we're going to look at this from a financial standpoint. If you want to look at it from an emotional standpoint, that's up to you. Emotions play a huge part in investing. I want to, this is the way I grew up, my heritage, this is my background, that's not the way we did it. Okay, I understand all that. You can make a decision based on those criteria, or you can make a decision based on these numbers. People go, I hate the numbers. I go, well, then it's, as you can see here, it's important to get somebody that likes it. The CPA would be the perfect person to be able to help you with it because there's no business in the world that doesn't understand how the numbers work on that particular investment. It's just, that's the way it works. What if I'm in a different country? It doesn't matter. I don't, I've got clients all over the world doesn't matter what country we're in. It's still a fundamental. The fundamental thing is to increase the yield on the investment, whether it's stocks or horses or orchids or, or whatever it is. I mean, that's what investors do. If you want to get into the emotional part, that's something else. I just told a lady, okay, 
She wants to go to this one area and buy this. I go, well, that, as you can see, is an emotional decision. I'm only here to show you what the financial outcome is. If you want to go over here and do this one because you want to do it for whatever reason it is, I, the people that I invest with companies, they get irritated because I go, that's not really a company. That's just a hobby. Right. You know, it's not, that's, it's, it's, it's like the wife that has nothing to do. So the husband goes buy some business to keep you occupied. Okay, now we're running the numbers on it. It's not a business. It's just something to keep you occupied. And it, hey, if you want to do that, that's great. But understand that what you're doing is really not an investment. No, I, I like that. So um, let's uh, let's wrap up here, Rick. And if, if you could, um, if you were th uh, thinking of three, just three things that you do as a coach, mentor, consultant, um, that you that anybody could do, really any CPA could do, they could do it with their clients, or that they should be looking forward into a coach. Um, you know, what do you think those top three things are from a coaching, mentoring standpoint? Basically, is, is listening and holding their hand. That's important. You have to understand what where they're coming from and listen, listen, listen then come up with a potential solution to what they're thinking about. How do you justify that solution? That sneaks into the numbers. <laughs> there you go. I love it. I, it I, does. I love it. Listen, listen, come up with a solution and then run the numbers. I, yes. I think I think that is brilliant, uh, Rick. Uh, thank you so much uh, for taking time for us. Hey, so if uh, if our CPAs wanted to reach you, if uh, if our listeners wanted to get a hold of you, how would they do that? They can do it by email or by telephone. And I, I'd like to send them some things that I've done in terms of uh, uh, webinars and small segments uh, discussing what we're doing here. What are some of the the fallacies that people think about when they're investing. So my email, I don't know if we can. Go ahead. Give us your email right now. R-E, like real estate, assets, A-S-S-E-T-S-L-L-C at AOL.com. There you go. Um, there you go. So Phone number, if you want, this is my cell, 305-409. 0560. If you're calling or texting, please leave a message on the voicemail because there's so many, so many people calling from the Soviet Union that want me to invest in things. <laughs> awesome. So identify why you're calling so I can give you a call back. Great. Thank you, Rick. Um, thanks, everybody, for well, listening. Uh, just remember, you know, the, uh, coaching and mentoring, first of all, it's great when we get coaching and mentoring. But second of all, it's so good for our clients when we become their coaches, their mentors, and when we actually, you know, do those things. We listen to them, which means we have to ask the questions. Okay, we listen to them. We then help them come up with a solution, and then we, you know, prove the solution out by running those numbers. When we do that, what we're always gonna end up with are better clients, a better practice, and a better life. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the WealthAbility for CPA show. Better clients, better practice, better life. To learn more, go to wealthability.com.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.